LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. You're listening to Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. I'm your host, Todd Unzicker, and this is where J.D. Greer says, Ask Me Anything. All right, on this podcast, we say honest questions, quick answers, but JD, I'm just going to be honest. This is a tough question, but we still need a quick answer. How should Christians think about politics? First of all, I'm not sure if it's the tough or the quick part of that that is more intimidating to me. Um, That is a tough question, and honestly, this one I struggle with because on one side, sometimes I feel like I say too much, and on the other side, sometimes I feel like I say too little. Uh, you know, and so it's just how, how do Christians think about it? There, there's a, there's a distinction that uh, I think it was Abraham Kuyper who made this first. Uh, these may be my words with it, but it's, it was his idea that you've got to distinguish between the church as organization and the church's organism. The church's organism means the body of Christ, just all Christians that are, you know, walking with Jesus, and they should be very involved in politics. Because if nothing else, you know, we're trying to bring the salt and light of God's message into everything from tax policy to how we interpret the science of global warming to, you know, how we think about health care and how we think about, you know, national security and, and domestic or, you know, international policy, um, foreign policy. So, you know, you want, you, you, that's what God's people are supposed to be doing. Abraham Kuyper said, there's not one square inch of the entire cosmos over which Jesus does not emphatically declare mine, which means that God's people need to be in all these different spheres, right? But the church's organization, well, see, that's a different thing. Um, that's what you know, kind of represents the name of Christ on earth. You, you know, you see Jesus Himself exercising a level of restraint. A, a, a good example: uh, Luke chapter twelve. Um, say, uh, you know, the couple brothers uh, bring to Jesus um, a social justice complaint. My brother won't divide the inheritance with me. You know, in those days, the older brother had the mechanism to be able to cheat the younger brother out of the inheritance. Um, Jesus's response is startling. He says, "Who made me a judge over you?" And then he goes on to preach a sermon about greed that dealt with the souls of both of them. Now, are we to conclude from that that Jesus doesn't really care about justice and cheating each other out of money? Of course not. I mean, his entire ministry was about you know justice and equity and fairness. It's just that he knew that in that moment, for him to, for him to take on the, the burden of adjudicating that particular case would lead to a line of people who were just asking, hey, you know, and tell us what you think about this one. And then suddenly he is off of his mission, which is to seek and save the lost by being encumbered in all these, you know, these other things. So there's, as church's organization, me as a pastor, I recognize there is a, a level of conversation that is important for Christians to be engaged in. But I, as a representative of the church, I should not be engaged in those. The, the way that I say it to our congregation, because you're probably like, what, you know, <laughs> Give me some examples, right? right? Um, so I always say, you know, um, I have an opinion on global warming. As a pastor, though, I recognize I might be wrong about global warming, but I'm not wrong about the gospel. And I don't want my opinions on the former to keep people from hearing me global on, on global warming, to keep people from hearing me on the gospel. I might be wrong in my opinion on the helpfulness or the unhelpfulness of universal health care. I might be wrong in my opinion on taxation policy but I'm not wrong about the gospel. And so as a representative of the organization, I'm going to show some, some restraint. Um, so, you know, I think that's a, that, that's a helpful distinction getting into that. Um, not long ago, I wrote out four myths that I see the Christian community 
um, evangelical Christians today believe in about politics. Um, the first myth is this. Secondary political ideals are matters of first importance. Man, we, we Christians have an, an ability to, to kind of elevate everything to the level of, like, this is so crucially important. Uh, I just, like I said, we might be wrong about some of those, and we need to, even if we're right about them, I don't want to tie the name of the church to them. I want to remove obstacles right. and realize that Christians in good conscience can can disagree about about the best application to education and and poverty relief. You know, whether somebody says, well, the market's the best solution for poverty, or whether somebody says, no, it's going to be a little, you know, kind of government-forced redistribution in the form of taxes, then yeah, I might have an opinion on that, but we can allow some some disagreement there. Those are those are wisdom issues, not essential issues. Um, you know, one of the things I think about here is um, the fact that two of Jesus' disciples, mm-hmm. one of them was called Matthew the tax collector, the other was called Simon the zealot. Well, that means that they were on opposite sides of the most pressing, important political issue of the day, mm. and that is how to treat Rome. What, what do you do with the Roman occupation? Yet somehow, Jesus chose both of these guys to be a part of his small group. Mm. Now, you know that led to some incendiary discussions around the campfire. I mean, can you imagine? I, I, I kind of like to think about Jesus, what he was, he was just watching it, like ping pong, go back and forth as they you know, get mad. Cable news other. networks would have nothing on that discussion. Absolutely. Yeah. It'd be like MSNBC on one side and Fox News on right. the other. But somehow they find a unity in Christ that goes beyond even their division on those political so issues. So don't elevate politics of first importance. That's what, right. What else That's would right. you tell so, so another myth is, is, is where Christians say, well, Christian truth doesn't apply to politics. Hmm. And, they, and this is kind of the opposite. They're like, well, we should just preach the gospel and stay out of politics. But I mean, I mean, just think about in history um, the things that have happened because Christians have gotten involved. William, Will, William Wilberforce the, ended the slave trade. Um, in, in many ways, you could say that a lot of the freedoms we enjoy as Americans are because Christians got involved, saying, "Hey, we should have the you know freedom of the press and freedom of speech and freedom of religion." Those are Christian ideas that came from some of the early Baptists, right. you know, in the colonies. Um, uh, Martin Luther King. Uh, man, how grateful are we that he Amen. brought the Christian worldview into politics and said these segregation laws are not fair and they're not they're not even in line with our constitution, much less the, the laws of God. So that's the second myth is that Christian truth doesn't apply to politics. The third myth is that there's never a time to take a controversial political stand. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of you know, like a, especially a lot of like pastors of you know a larger church, it's like, well, don't offend on anything else, only to offend on this. But I mean, again, just to Think about it in 1861. What's it like to be in Charleston, South Carolina as a pastor? I'm sure it wasn't very popular to preach on racism, but you look back now at the guys who, who didn't do that, and you say, man, they, they, they failed in this moment. Um, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in Nazi Germany is a hero because he, he stood. He didn't just say, oh, you know, like um, uh, oppression of the— he, he didn't just say racism is wrong. He said the Nazi regime is wrong. And there's a time for us to stand on issues of justice. We can look around today, whether we're talking about pro-life issues— where people's religious liberty is discouraged, where we see inequities in racial treatments, man, you know, we can just say that's a time for the church to say we want to stick up for the immigrant, we want to stick up for the poor, we want to stick up for those of other ethnicities. The fourth myth, and I'll just say this one really quickly, is that we see everything clearly. Sometimes policy looks so clear when you know what wars we should be in or what what will best help the poor, and you recognize 20, 30 years later, it's not that it wasn't as clear as we thought it was in our day. You better be really sure before you tie the name of Christ to something. As a pastor, I am neither called nor competent to get into the the finer details of wars or the finer details of 
you know, poverty relief programs. I just need to hold my policy recommendations with a level of, of humility. Mm, that's good. You know, my family we're re- very involved in the the refugee resettlement and and loving our um, our neighbors who are come from that community. And we don't know the exact number that should be admitted to the U.S. Oh, or that's here a good, to Durham, good example, yeah. But we know that we should love our neighbors, and so that's what we want to do. So with the election coming up, going to be a heightened time politically, what two things would you leave us with that Christians ought to remember with this election coming up? Yeah, um, so I would say that, you know, the two words that I try to remember, empathy and charity. Specifically when when some of these, raci- some of these um, political things have racial overtones to them. I'm always urging the white community, for example, to, 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 to listen with empathy to our black brothers and sisters who talk about inequities that they experience that some of us are unfamiliar with. And to listen with empathy and say, I realize that your experience growing up and mine may not be exactly the same, and try to try to to, to bear burdens and understand. That that means we listen twice as much twice as much, I think, as we we speak on these. The other side is charity. And charity is when you're trying to give the best possible motives for why somebody did what they did. For example, if somebody at the end of the day just felt like after considering everything, either like I couldn't vote for the Republican candidate, or I couldn't vote for anybody. You know, we don't have to assume that it's because they don't care about abortion and they don't care about religious liberty. On the same way, if somebody at the end of the day looked over the thing and said, I don't know what to do here, and they, they felt compelled to vote for the Republican candidate, you don't say, well, that's because they don't care about racial issues or care about the poor. They might care deeply about those things, but just feel like at the end of the day, this was the, the better decision. And I think we can we can extend, we can view one another with empathy, we can treat one another with charity, and even where we don't agree, like Simon the Zealot and Matthew the Tax Collector, we can still be unified as Jesus' disciples and go out as a force to to, to proclaim to the world that, that Jesus saves, because that's our primary message, yeah. and nothing should get in the way of that. This is Ask Me Anything with Pastor J.D. Greer. This is part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network, and this is this was a tough question. And J.D. gave a quick answer, but um, there is a lot more, and I bet you just have more questions now. Go to jdgreer.com, and you'll see a ton of resources that J.D. has written about um, on the issue of how Christians should think about politics. Or maybe you have a specific question that that you've just thought of. Text the letters J.D. to 888-111. You can go to Apple iTunes. You can go to Apple Podcasts. Go ahead and rate us. Share it with your friends. Uh, This is part of LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. I'm Todd Unzicker, your host. And this is Ask Me Anything with J.D. Greer. Honest questions, quick answers. We'll see you next time on the podcast.